You are listening to the Enormo cast. If there's one thing the Italians understand about this world, it's that if something ain't baroque, don't fix it. And that's why Sportiva has faithfully kept its tried-and-true venerable classics in the line. The Mira, the Solution, and the Testarossa still outperform the latest flash-in-the-pan shoes out there. And they're also still built in a European monastery by silent, septuagenarian craftsmen who may or may not be lawfully entitled to six smoke breaks a day. So when it comes to shoe performance, what's it going to be? The latest or the greatest? Personally, I'll go with the greatest every time. So check out both the latest and the greatest at Sportiva.com or your favorite local shop. Sportiva is a proud sponsor of the Cast. Are you stuck in the partner zone where that person you climb with is blithely unaware of your electric longing that's telegraphing through that stiff gym rope? Does she think of you as just another dude she schools in the bouldering cave? Does he tell his friends you're just like one of the guys? Well, break out of the partner zone and let that person know that your rock is in a hard place with a special gift from PeterWGilroy.com. Because if you thought making sure her chalk bag was always full or buying him a set of cams for his half birthday would bring out the passion, you're wrong. Do it the right way and go to PeterWGilroy.com for rock-inspired jewelry and accessories that say, to me, you're more than just a solid belay, baby. And of course, remember to enter Enormo at checkout for a discount. Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You, are you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, a big house. place. That's, out. Out. That's a big nice. place. You sold it out. I'll see. We really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed having them with you. We'll make I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment with support from Maxim Ropes and the fine folks at La Sportiva. And don't forget our charter sponsor, Bonfire Coffee. Go to bonfirecoffee.com and enter Enorma at checkout for a discount on great coffee and to support the Enorma cast. And now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Cast. This is your host, Chris Kalus. It is July 11th, 2018, about 11.30 here in Carbondale, Colorado. And this is episode 154 of the Cast. Enormo Cast. Did I say Enormo Cast? And this is a conversation with Buddy Nielsen. Who is Buddy Nielsen? Well, a few of you hardcore and punk fans might have just perked up a little bit. But otherwise, I think the climbing world doesn't know who Buddy Nielsen is. Buddy Nielsen fronts a band called Senses Fail, sort of a hardcore screamo-type band that formed in early 2000s and has seven albums to its credit, a couple EPs, countless tours, I'm sure an endless amount of shows, live shows, as those bands usually hammer that kind of thing, especially in the beginning of their careers. But we killed two birds with one stone because... 
Every once in a while, I get these requests for an everyman episode, and I've never really figured out how to exactly do that. But when it comes to climbing, Buddy's an everyman. He talks a lot in this episode about climbing in Joshua Tree, 5.4s, 5.6s, 5.7s, 5.8s, and that's the kind of climber he is. Out there, recreational, getting it done, but uh, just as stoked on it as anybody else, and that's how he ended up on the show. It was kind of a, a different path. His publicist or Senses Fails publicist got in touch with me and I got sort of an email that I generally, the type of email that I ignore actually from publicists outside of the climbing world because usually whoever they want to talk to me about isn't actually a climber. You know, I get a lot of Seven Summit stuff and as far as I'm concerned and I think the fan base, the Enormacast is concerned, if you're an able-bodied adult, then we don't really care that you climb the Seven Summits unless you did it. I don't know, without pants. That might be kind of interesting. But, uh, but you know, I, I got these emails from uh, Becky, who's the, uh, the person that was talking to me about Buddy and telling me that he was indeed a rock climber. And I kind of sort of ignored them, but for some reason, it seemed personal enough that I responded. And pretty soon, Becky had me on the hook. Often, I sort of shut everybody down when I mention that I do them face-to-face that becomes a big problem because, of course, it's a lot of effort on their part. But uh, that didn't stop her, or or Buddy for that matter. And pretty soon we had a date organized to meet Buddy down in Denver when they were playing in Denver because they're on tour. I think they're on tour still, or they just finished being on the Warp Tour. But yeah, in March I went down and sat backstage while the uh, roadies and the rest of the band were setting up the venue And we sat in a little dark room and uh, talked about climbing, mostly, which I was kind of surprised. I actually wanted to grill him about being a rock star, but he insisted on talking about climbing, which was pretty cool. And again, I don't always know if these these sort of celebrity-type climbers, although I think if Buddy's listening, he'd laugh if I said he was some major celebrity. But, But, you know, I'm a little skeptical. Actually, I'm really skeptical when sort of celebrities promote themselves as rock climbers because, you know, it takes a lifetime or it takes a lot of time and a lot of dedication to get into the sport and to do it for the right reasons. And a lot of times it seems it's just kind of a PR move for some folks to be in climbing and get some pictures and, you know, maybe make a little film or something to make themselves seem cooler than they actually are. But again, going back to Buddy, once you guys get done with this interview, you're going to realize that this guy's legit. Climbing means something to him, and he's doing it for the right reasons. What are the right reasons? Well, he'll talk a little bit about that. So yeah, Buddy Nielsen, little off-piste interview, another one for the Enorma cast, but I think this one turned out to be a lot of fun. And I'm going to drop a bunch of music in there that uh, comes from their current album, If There Is Light, It Will Find You which, of course, is available all over the place on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you want to listen to your music or buy your music. And uh, then you can go back into the back catalog if you're not aware of this this band and you like what you hear. So I've got a few bits and pieces on the show. But uh, this is not, uh, you know, guys playing banjos around a campfire. So when those tunes kick in during this episode, you know, try to not swerve off the road. And before we get to that, just really quick, I want to give a shout out to the International Climbers Festival in Lander, which started today, and I am not there. 
and uh, decided to skip it this year for various logistical reasons, mostly. And I hope everybody's having a good time up there. And Elise and all the folks who organized that thing, I'm sure are in the thick of it. But good luck up there. Have a great time. And I will be back next year. We're looking for we're looking for another festival to go to this year, maybe later on in the summer or the fall. Hell, the Homo Climtastic is coming up. Maybe I'll maybe I'll make it to that. A nice hot, sweaty summer climbing trip to the new. Okay, folks, get ready for this one. A conversation with Senses Fail frontman, climber, songwriter, husband, father, whole bunch of other stuff. Buddy Nielsen. In the past, the likelihood of me climbing with a full-on restrictive rain layer was about the same as me taking up yoga to improve my climbing. And let's just say, my shakas remain woefully disjointed. Instead, I usually just toss in a scant little thing that looks waterproofish, might be slightly water-resistant, but in a downpour becomes a clingy death cocoon that will suck the life out of you faster than watching a 10-year-old pad sniffer send your project after wolfing down a corn dog and a value pack of Skittles. But Black Diamond has the antidote for the stiff and crinkly rain layer, their new stretch rainwear. Stretchy, breathable, and waterproof. How do they do that? For all I know, it's coated in the tiers of dejected sport climbers. The fully featured Stormline shell and the zippier fine line both are made for climbing with gusseted pits, helmet-ready hoods, and they pack into a carabiner-ready pocket to clip to your harness and forget about until that first cold drop slaps your forehead. Check out the entire line of stretch rainwear at blackdiamondequipment.com or better yet, make sure it fits by trying it on at your favorite local shop. opportunity for me and i appreciate you having me yeah. down here we're in denver uh what's the name of the venue it's called the summit music hall summit music hall so this is way off piste for the enormous <laughs> yeah. which is why i took the opportunity i thought wow let's uh, like let's do something completely different and, yeah um, i appreciate so it. i'm super stoked and you know i i have this big broad giant question that i i ask people a lot you know what kind of climber are you yeah but i think i want to my first question to you or my our opener here because it is a climbing podcast and we can talk about climbing but you know you have so many facets of your life that i'm actually really interested <laughs> in maybe we won't go there that much but um i guess where does climbing fit into your life is more of my question you've got uh, a young daughter um you've got this very interesting odd job which is that you <laughs> tour the country playing yeah. music um you know for me, you're, you're nothing like anyone I've talked to in terms of climbing. So where does climbing fit into what your yeah. life is like? Has it changed? Has yeah. it 
you know, where did it start? Let's just go like kind of broad. Yeah, I mean, I I'm pretty pretty recent to climbing, mm-hmm. three almost like two and a half years in. Okay, but it's one of those things I got addicted to super quick. I have a pretty addictive personality. I've uh, I've dealt with some issues as far as just like every you know classic musician story, kind of substance abuse and. Um, I've dealt with a lot of anxiety in my life and climbing was something that helped me harness my anxiety mm-hmm. in a very strange way because it matched my anxiety. I have, you know, generally a, a, like a decently high level of anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. or, and, and it comes and goes in sure. waves, but climbing was something that like is inherently anxiety driving. Mm-hmm. So here I am sort of living a life that is I'm already operating at this kind of like level, this sort of like anxious level. And when I would climb I just feel normal. And I was it was the weirdest thing. I was like, how is it that I just feel like in in some ways at peace? Because sometimes when you have anxiety and you can't pinpoint why and you're sort of like at the grocery store and you're like, why am I freaking out? Right. When I'm climbing and I have anxiety, I'm like, oh, this makes perfect sense. Like, I am, you know, (laughs) 10 feet above my last piece, and I don't even know if that piece is good. Or I'm in Joshua Tree, and just in general, like, just don't feel any of the, like, this is a five, five, four climb. What the hell is going on? Right. So I was able to match, like, this on, like, a very spirit. It was very, it's honestly a very spiritual thing for me, and I don't mean to get, like, woo-woo, but, like... Hey, this is a normal cast. Yeah. <laughs> we got time to get... Woo-woo. It matched right. a level of, like, need. I meditate a lot. I got very very into Buddhism. I've been doing that for years. There's a level of, like, concentration you can reach in, like, meditation and in being... when I, It happens when I'm on stage, but it happens when I'm climbing, too. Mm-hmm. There is this, this single-minded focus where, like, all is right in the world, and you're just alone in this sort of like perfect place. Right. Um, and that's what I really like about climbing is that feeling. How did you get introduced to it? So, I mean, yeah. you said three years ago. Um, how old are you? I'm 34. Okay. So, so I climbed late. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty late, you know, especially nowadays. Yeah. But yeah, so how did, what was it look like that you, uh, you know, who, who handed you this yeah. thing that, that um, you know, changed your life? Uh, my wife was like, we should go climbing. You should go bouldering. You know, let's go to the climbing gym. I'm like, yeah, whatever. What am I going to go? I don't want to do that. Like, what is that? Bouldering. Was this in LA? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a climbing gym there. And for like my birthday, she was like, well, let's go climbing. And like, I I did it. And like the mechanics of it. And like I said, the mechanics of like your body being afraid of dying. When you're somebody who suffers from anxiety, like I just kind of said, is like, you're kind of always like feeling like you're just going to explode or die or just Mm -hmm. like spontaneously combust so when you climb and you're like oh this is okay that i feel like this you almost have and i just it happened immediately i was like just the mechanics of it and the way that it helped me sort of deal with i would call it ptsd which i've learned a lot more sense from and um that's so so like it was just immediate i was like i love this Uh i'm in i'm done like this is just i just i like the sound of the clipping of bolts i like and I immediately was like, I want the things to put in the rock. I want to do the... Oh, right. I was like, it was like weird to be immediately like, oh, yeah, cool. The, this is cool, but I want to track climb. Okay. Like, when are we going outside? Right. Like, it was immediate. Huh. It was strange. It was the exact opposite of, like, I think, most people's journey, which is, I'm going to stay in the gym and get good at, you know, building up the grades. Like, mm-hmm. 
I was just like, all right, cool. Like, let's go to Stony Point. Like, let's go, which is, you know. Yeah. I used to guide there yeah. years and years ago. Yeah. Like beginner class. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was, places. you know, that's, I went out there and yeah. took a class and was like, all right, let's go to Malibu Creek. Let's go to Joshua Tree. You know Tree. what's funny about that is I used to think when I would teach classes there, I'd think to myself, like, if any of these people keep climbing after climbing here, you know, and, and again, <laughs> the... That it's crowded with climbers, but it's also, it's like there's two, like, highways, like, crossing. There's graffiti, glass there's graffiti. Glass. I mean, it's like, it's famous because, like, Royal Robbins climbed there, uh, John Long. I mean. there Yeah, then there's that famous yeah. off with Maggie's Farmer. I forget I what it's know, called. But, but there's just, it just spray painted, it says Jew Dick. Uh, and you're just like, <laughs> you're this, and it's like this climb that, like. I don't know if Backer climbed it, but they right, would, you right, know, right, solo right, it. And right. it's like, I mean, it's like 11C, and right. it's like really like a right. challenging, like pretty yeah. iconic thing. And then yeah. at the bottom, it yeah. just says Judic. Yeah. And you're just I don't like, even know what that, what kind of, is uh, derogatory? I don't know, I don't know what but, it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, but the, what I was going to say is that like. There's bees everywhere. Yeah, there's like there's the Africanized wasps yeah. everywhere. So I was like, if, if anybody comes to this class, we do this day <laughs> here, and they keep climbing, they want to keep climbing, I'm like, we filtered out the person who like is stoked on climbing for climbing because this is not no. like awesome. And, that was and, me. And yeah. if you take one more step to Joshua Tree, the cookies, <laughs> you're gonna be like, "Holy shit, this is even better than I yeah. thought." You know, like if I thought it was good there, then shit, this is amazing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. So you you ended up outside. So let's um, you know, you you you, you a track climber. You like the widgets. Um, I love the gear. Yeah. I like looking at the gear. Kind of I like organizing the gear. Yeah. What I also like about climbing for my anxiety is that I, I'm a control freak. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who kind of deal with anxiety like to be in control. And I don't want to say in climbing you're in control because obviously you're, you're not. I mean, you're not in control of rock fall. I mean, there's a lot of factors that you're not in control of. But you also are very in control, and that's why I gravitated towards trad climbing was like, sport climbing kind of spooks me out. Mm -hmm. I mean, to some extent. Like, I'm a little afraid. I don't really like to be told this is where the next spot is. Like, trad climbing, I'm able to go, you know what? I'm feeling a little weird. I mean, in some places in Joshua Tree, like, you're going to have to run it out, and you're just not going to... I mean, obviously, that's not always the case, but if you want to sew something up, it gave me this feeling of really being in control, and like... Not having that in, like, normal everyday life, but being able to have it in, like, this sort of, like, sport that was filling this void for me really did something for me. Like, yeah, I mean, the, the, the sort of objective dangers in cragging, it, you know, they're there and we don't want to totally dismiss them. But, you know, and Josh, you know, rock fall from above. I mean, you are actually, it's yeah. a pretty controlled yeah. environment and you know it's not like you're stuck a thousand feet up when a storm comes in you know yeah so i understand that idea of control because you know people have asked me like why don't you, you should get into kayak you should kayaking and all these things and i'm just <laughs> like no 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 no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's when like yeah the environment is buffeting you and you're reacting and i'm like climbing is so slow you're so like your decision making you can really you know you usually especially you know track climbing um you have time to make some decisions. You know, the red line doesn't spike so fast. I, I, I totally understand. Yeah, I really, yeah, I like that, that about it. Yeah, I totally. like that personal risk assessment is really, like, on you, mm-hmm. you know. And 
know, I climb with people who don't, you know, obviously sewing shit and Joshua Tree and on. That, you know, so it's like everybody gets to make their own decision. And I think yeah. that that's, that's cool about climbing. And I like that about it, that everybody has their own sort of like style, mm-hmm. you know, and way of doing it. That does something for their headspace right, too, you right. know, like there's something freeing to these people about doing that, and mm-hmm. from, you know, so. So now you've done, you, it's only been three years. It's only been three in, years. In, in the meantime, you <laughs> you write and record an yep. album. Yeah. You, you know, sort of reform the band or at least you've decided to kind yeah. of reconstitute re- what it does, what yep. it means, yep. um, is what I've been reading anyway. And you have a kid, which was not easy no. for your wife in particular, but yeah. as as her partner, not yeah. easy for you then. So again, like she also developed MS. Okay, and had a miscarriage in there. So so yeah, it's been a pretty wild. So here's climbing, like appears in your life, and then like it's yeah. like an ocean of kind of. <laughs> well, I mean, good things and bad things. You, you, you know, you're playing music. You're, you you've created an album that you're proud of. Yeah. You've got a daughter who who yeah. came through the storm. Yeah. You know, so where does climbing fit? I mean, I don't know. The first the song on the record is called Double Cross. Okay. After Double Cross. Oh, really? No one will know that unless you're climbing. No one out there knows right, that. Right, But it's also, like, about refining my passion for, like, I'd say life, mm-hmm. to be honest. Went hand in hand with my daughter and my wife and climbing and the band as well, like, coming back, having a resurgence. But the first song I wrote, I, went, I, would, I go on climbing trips and I write music. Okay. That's, like, what I do. Like, I'll go out to Joshua Tree and stay there for, like, a week, and I'll climb and, and write songs. Uh-huh. And, like, half the record was written out in Joshua Tree. Uh, the, 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 all the pictures for the record were shot in Joshua Tree. Oh, right on. Yeah, the cover art okay. and everything. There's a big one with our, like, mascot guy next to a Joshua Tree. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and Joshua Tree is obviously influential in music. Like, yeah, sure. You too. I mean, so it's like, well, I don't know, I have this connection to Joshua Tree and, like, right. I have a deep connection there. There's something about it. I don't know. It's like I climb in a lot of places, but for some reason, Joshua Tree is just like super special for me. Yeah, totally. I mean, and then, I mean, Caius is from out there and uh, in uh, Queens of Stone Age. Queens of Stone Age, yep. Those guys were... They record, you know, a lot of records have been recorded out there. So there's just the vibe and like I wrote a bunch of the record out there. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, it really, climbing is fits in my life as like I moved to Flagstaff so I could climb more and have a kid and not have to mm-hmm. drive from LA every weekend, you know, two and a half hours to both ways to, to get some climbing in and I could just sure. go on 10 minutes away. But to be honest, I kind of don't, I miss, like I miss, I miss Joshua Tree. Well, sure. I, I mean, mean, I miss it comparatively. The crags around Flagstaff are cool. Like fits into your life on yeah. a level beyond the climbing. Yeah, and right. I guess I didn't realize that, but the climbing around Flagstaff is cool, but it's... Mm-hmm. I, kind of, I fucking hate basalt, to be honest. <laughs> I hope you're in trouble, man. I know, I know, I realize Come that. On. There's a bunch of flag climbers that are listening. I'm sorry. Like, no, no, what you guys need to do... I'm weak, man. I'm no, like no. a slab dad. I'm fine, like... Fine, buddy. Help Look me help. Him up. Help him out. Are you in the... Are you? Connected to the community? Yeah, yeah. yeah I got some okay. I got some okay, friends good. in there. Right. And, right. You know, I've been out and around, and I'm just not right, a vertical we'll keep it, climber. Keep it to yourself, then. <laughs> <laughs> There's some great stuff for people that's, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm not a hard, I'm not climbing hard, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and you were based in L.A. before? Yeah. Okay, so that's quite a change. 
socially and yeah. urban to yeah. very not urban. Yeah, yeah. But maybe, I mean, if you're an outdoor family, then maybe a yeah. better place to raise a daughter. Yeah, could, I don't know yeah. If, if you're thinking that too. So. Def- oh, absolutely, yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah, I mean, real estate-wise too, like I can't afford to live, buy a house in LA. Right. It's just impossible. Right, right. So, you know, this. you mentioned the word obsession. I'd you know, say it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's an obsession. Obsession, you know, this addictive personality. Um, and again, looking back at the history of the band, it seems to have also been an obsession. Oh, yeah. You know, that continues on. Mm-hmm. And so my curiosity, and you've, you've answered this a bunch already, I think, with, with the crossover between Joshua Tree and writing music out there and everything else. But to me, actually, on paper, if you will, or, or whatever... You know, the lifestyle of a guy touring, um, you know, you were in yeah. Kansas last night, you drive, you're here, yeah. it's like mid-afternoon, you're yeah. going to do a show, and you're off to Salt Lake, is that yeah, right? Yeah, tonight. Yeah, so, you know, it's not a terribly healthy lifestyle. No. <laughs> I mean, even if you mind your business. Yeah, even which, if you're trying. Which yeah. you haven't in the past. I yep. mean, you, you, you talked about alcoholism, oh, yeah. drug use in the past, so it's a really kind of, I mean, I see it as this dichotomy you know when you're out here on the road and when you're you're hammering it and when you're in the bus and you know is that like does it help your consciousness to know that you know I'm eventually going to be back in that other lifestyle um I mean how do they mix you know it seems like you've you've got really two hats do yeah. you try to stay in shape on the road is yeah. that important to you those yeah I mean I'm you know I'm I'm big I do jujitsu I've been doing jujitsu for like 10 years mm-hmm. which also translate exceptionally well to climbing okay which I don't think a lot of people would realize but very similar um yeah I mean I'm always trying to we're always working out we're staying I mean I don't drink I don't smoke I'm I'm what I live a what's called straight edge lifestyle mm-hmm. so um I don't, out of necessity, it sounds like. Out of necessity, like, yeah. but I'll, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I'd say so. Because it sounded like you were prone to... I am prone yeah. to, like, finding something that helps fill whatever void and then holding on to it dearly. Right. You know, whatever that is. It could be climbing, it could be, um, you know, my daughter, it, it, whatever. And then, for me, it's just been about finding the healthy things that mm-hmm. are, like, the good ways in which we distract ourselves from not, I don't want to say distract because everybody's, everybody's finding ways to, everybody's dealing with loss and pain and and we're all going to need ways to mediate the realities of life and balance the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. And we can do it in healthy ways or we can do it in addictive, dissociative, non-healthy ways. So my journey has been about finding the healthy ways in which to like supplement you know, that. You know? Right. And that's sort of what I do. You know, I find, I climb and I do jiu-jitsu and I make music and I, you know, get to come out on stage every night and play in front of a thousand people and like, um, but the two lives, I mean, I don't know. There is, the more that I've, when I, now that I've become a father, there is definitely now a tour life and a home life mm-hmm. versus before it was really like, I'm coming home to my wife, you know, or my girlfriend who's, you know, became my wife and, you know, nothing much really changed. But now it's like I am in dad mode. And it, sure. is, it is a different level of responsibility and also, like, needing to be present. So this, in some ways, is like a, a vacation. <laughs> I mean, really, right. I'm out here, like, with less responsibility. Sure. You know? But I, I think they work together because when I'm home, I'm 100% home. Right. I take care of her. 
you know, all day. Mm-hmm. And my wife works. And, uh, you know, a lot of dads, unfortunately, won't be able to do that because they'd be working nine to five or whatever. And, like, right. it's it's a non-traditional lifestyle that ends up working in a way that I think is actually really pretty cool. And, like, I was able to develop a really quick relationship with my daughter as opposed to being someone who was, like, probably working nine to five and really mm-hmm. only seeing them for pieces at night and then, you know, on the weekend. So it was... Uh, Cool, you know, but it it is, um, I don't want to say a balance. I mean, we don't tour a ton right? just because we're at a level where we can't over tour, you mm-hmm. know, because the luckily the success of the band is so that, like, we would be asking too much of our fans to sure. come out, you know. We'll be back in Denver this year, but it'll be on a support tour or something. Sure. So, you know. sure. so there are periods of time where, like, last year I did one tour. Uh-huh. You know, so it's like... And how long are you gone for? Five weeks. Okay. Yeah, roughly. so it's not, It's really not... It, right. it, it, there's this idea that it's this... You're gone. You know, but they came out to New York. It's, mm-hmm. it's very... I mean... Well, was there a period in the band's lifetime that when you were... Guys oh, were yeah. Just like, I mean, we went hard for right. years. I mean, when you're right. developing and you're younger and you're kind of peaking and you're not completely solidified. Like, we could go away for five years and I think come back and still have a, a solid fan base. Okay. Like, we're not in a... We're not worried about that. But there's that point when you're young, you're like, if we go away, people are going to forget about us, mm-hmm. you know? So so you go hard, hard, hard. And that, I mean, that just drains the shit out of you. It's like someone, like, living on the road climbing. Like, mm-hmm. at some point, you're just like, do I care about... I mean, some people are, are like, obviously, like, a stories about Honold is, like, climbing every day. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, some of these people are obviously, like, so dedicated. But then, I mean, the majority of people that do kind of like the dirtbag stuff, I mean, they're... As much in it for the climbing as they are for the lifestyle of, like, hanging out and just sort of, like, not being a part of sure. society. And, like, I always think that there's a real crossover. You, I'm surprised there aren't more musicians that climb. Right. Because it's a very similar lifestyle. Like, yeah. You know, people, like, you listen, like, I think I've seen that. Brad Gobright living in, like, this small, shitty little car. It's the same thing as these the support bands we have on this tour. Luckily, we're luckily enough to travel a little nicer now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for a majority of it, we're living in a van with nine people, staying at Motel 6, one room, all sharing a bed, sleeping on the floor. Right. Eating garbage. But you love it, you yeah. know? But you also love it because you're 22. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, we, you know, we've talked about the dirtbag recently on the show, and it's always this, like, this icon thing that people sort of discuss and, and its value in, in the community. But I think that... I mean, the reason maybe there isn't a crossover or whatever, there's like, is because, yeah, you get it out and you can only do one or the other. I mean, that's true. You don't want to be touring and then I'm a, I have a friend though, man. My one friend plays in this other band and he's, he's perpetually just on the road. Okay. I mean, he's perpetually on right. the road. He's either touring or he's right. living in Joshua Tree or some other spot and just climbing. Well, that works. I mean, th- I mean, it, I don't know. I just kind of wonder. There's not a lot of us, though. Right, right. There's not a lot of climbers that are, like, professional musicians. Yeah. And I'm not sure why, because I think they lend themselves very, you know, very similar. It's sort of yeah. like counterculture. I don't know. Maybe you just have to. It's just too much energy to do both. I mean, you're. Yeah. it's kind of an odd combination. And, you know, and, and what you you get out of climbing and how you approach climbing and... You know, your goals in climbing fit with this lifestyle really well. If you were to become so obsessed, like, oh, all of a sudden I want to climb hard and yeah. I want to, it just, I just can't imagine the two working that way. No, I don't, I mean, I don't, you know? yeah, like I don't spend enough time climbing to get to a point, or I'm too, I mean, 
I wouldn't say I'm too old just because I know I see people climbing hard that are in their 60s. Like, yeah. you know, I don't think that's so as much of a barrier as like the time commitment. Yeah. And, and again, it just goes down to like, you know, we we talk on the show here here and again and about climbing hard and performance, but it really is only one aspect of the sport. It, and, it is. And it most really is. people aren't. I mean, obviously you go out, you want to perform well because, yeah. you know, again, if you're looking for this state of, of uh, you know, whatever it is, I want, to, I want to say bliss, but equilibrium for you where you said the anxiety, yeah. you have to be pushing yourself a yeah, little Yeah, you, you can't yeah. be just, just taking your time. You know, yeah, you yeah. can't be like, right. this is easy. You're not going to get there if it's too right. easy. So but, it's this yeah. weird mix, I think. But, you know, I, I know that like, Within the media of climbing, like performance, is really it really is. But it's but in most people's climbing it's, life, no, it's, it's just one little bit. Yeah, which is interesting because yeah. I, I think some aspects of people focus on like more of the spiritual. Like, why do you climb? I mean, like, why do you climb? And I mean, are really people are most people really climbing because they want to climb hard? Are they most people climbing for more of the reasons I'm climbing? And I'd probably lean more people are doing it more for like my reasons than like I mean how many people can you have to put in so much no, no, time yeah. to climb hard you know no like, uh, it's way more people are in yeah. for the other thing yeah but I mean it's just like any sport the I think the the top end still gets the focus but um but yeah, yeah I mean because I mean, does it really do people really want to like <laughs> you know the, the, the <laughs> rock and ice man put a picture of me on like a five four in Joshua Tree wearing a helmet with bringing up too much too much fucking gear like right, just right. stoked yeah like, you know I mean, is that really gonna sell magazines I don't know like, I mean you know what I mean like it's the same thing with yeah, like yeah. most people who are musicians are playing in their basement or like if they go out they play in like local bars you know right. no one's putting a picture of that guy on the magazine exactly yeah that, I guess that's <laughs> a good, it's good. a similar thing you know they're gonna put the rock star playing in the arena on the magazine cause that's what the unattainable goal is talking for just a moment before um before we were recording and talking a little bit about you know in your three years you've had kind of a rough couple incidences that maybe would have stopped other people from continuing to do this um and have also kind of made you step back on the risk assessment thing with climbing but can you talk a little bit about about you know that being something that was happening to you kind of early on in your sort of class. Yeah, I mean, a year in, I was at Joshua Tree, 
with a friend, and we were in this area called Conan's Corridor, which has got a couple really good climbs. It's got like a five, it's one gem called Five Eight. We were going to climb that. He was going to lead it. And then these other guys who happened to be from the gym that I went to, there's a group. We weren't together, but we just kind of were all randomly there. They were climbing this other one called Spider Man. It's like a, it's a, it's a 10A or 10B, but. And they were climbing, and we were about to get on, and then, like, we just hear someone just fucking scream, and then just guy falls, and, like, if you've ever been in that area or in some of the Joshua Tree areas, like, not everything's flat ground. Something's tiered, and, like, there's these, like, holes. So he fell about 30 feet upside down, fell into a hole, and we just, you know, ran over and did everything we could. And I had a spot, luckily, so I hit the spot immediately, and I ended up running. Because, you know, some of these, there's no cell service there, so... I ran out to the road, hitchhiked to my car, ran out, and as soon as I got to, like, the gate, 30 minutes later, there was someone coming in because of the spot, and I rode back, and dude ended up getting airlifted, and it was just, I mean, you know, I that totally changed my headspace of, like, what am I doing? And, like, my wife was pregnant at the time, so she gets a spot update. Because she's on my life. Oh, sure. Right. And she can't talk to me. Right. You know, she can't get in touch with me because I'm in the park dealing with this. So she doesn't hear from me until five hours later. My pregnant wife thinks I'm in the accident. Right. And, um, you know, the kid ended up, he's alive, but I don't know to what extent he is functional. Right. Um, I mean, he's, he had a helmet on and everything, just fell right on his head. He had a, like a compound fracture of his wrist. But, uh, man, I mean, that was a, a stressful thing to be a part of. I mean, there's people who climb for 20 years who never see anything like that. Right. You know? And um, that, I went out and climbed the next week to just try to, like, get it out. Mm-hmm. We went and climbed right on, which I don't know. If you've ever done that climb, it's, like, it's... It's a pretty quirky Joshua Tree climb, but I was scared shitless, you know? It's like the first pitch has got one bolt, and it's 5-4 slab or whatever, but it's still just like you're like, what are the situations I'm putting myself in, and what is smart? Why am I climbing? What is the ego part of this, and what do I really want to get out of climbing, you know? Right, all, all in this moment. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about, you know... It, it you know it it it's a it's always a selfish pursuit like yeah no there's no other way you this. can yeah, yeah. and you know and and I'm thinking about the things you told me a few minutes ago it you know it helps me with my anxiety it it, it puts me in this great space and but then you think about like okay here's your wife thinks you've been in an accident you know you have to figure out you know and you're about to have a kid and I just you know you you know yeah. from listening I have a little yeah yeah. Too. And you just have to figure out, well, you know, is there this ripple effect going out that's not worth what I'm getting out of it? Yeah. Or am I being selfish? Yeah. Is, are those the kind of things? Oh, yeah. That, yeah no, yeah. definitely. And, like, I definitely um, took took a break. I mean, we went on tour, and I took definitely a break from climbing and, you know, just needed to, like, assess, like, you know, what kind of climbing I want to do, where I want to be climbing, like what my risk assessment is. Like I've always been super safe. Like I'm one of those people that took the time. Like I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to spend money to learn how to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to be one of those people. That's just guessing. Mm -hmm. Um, that's just my personality. And that's just like the act of control. I like information. I like information. I like systems, Mm -hmm. love systems. And climbing is one big giant system. 
So I gained a lot of information. And, and this kid was just doing things in a way that I wouldn't do them. And it wasn't an, you know, it wasn't an instance of like something, an act of God or something happened. It was like, he made a, a decision and it didn't work out for him because of the, you know, you know what he, like he, he climbed up, you know, you know, 30 feet with put in one piece. Cause it was easy climbing for him. Cause he was right. going to climb the five ten. B in the beginning is, uh, I don't know, like, five easy whatever right. you know and he felt comfortable and dropped his nuts and was like i'm gonna come down put a piece in under a flake and uh waited the piece and because of you know but different factors the piece blew and just you know it's just like sure I, I, you know the thing the rationale i think the rationale with everyone and it's really interesting to see people really wanted me to share the story on mountain project mm-hmm. and i didn't want to share the story because i just didn't i didn't i wanted the family to like have some distance and I didn't want to be like, oh, here's the story. Because everybody, I think, and I've had this happen. <laughs> when I have, when I hear an accident happens, I go, what happened? So I can know if it's something that is like I could control. Right. And like, I wonder if there's that aspect of like, so you can then go, well, that wouldn't happen to me because I would never do that. Sure. And that's what I told myself is, well, I would never put a, uh, a point eight you know, under a flake in Joshua tree on this kind of rock and weight it. And, you know, and that's just, uh, that's just something you tell yourself because you want to keep climbing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just the, you have to, with anything, but there was, it, it's, there is a, a, a element of like, it's not going to happen to me. Yes. Oh yeah. Always. Because that's... otherwise you don't, you're not going to leave the house. I mean, inherently like, like yeah. I have a lot of friends who this drive tonight to, right. to, um, I have a, couple friends bands there's a guy they got an accident he's dead i mean i have another friend's band they were in a horrible bus accident they're all lost a leg the driver died you know they're still dealing with injuries from it like it life is inherently dangerous so it's this balance between like getting in a van and driving around the country is Mm -hmm. dangerous Mm -hmm. you know and climbing is dangerous and you know, so many things are going to the mall is dangerous now. You know, my wife called me the other day and was like, "There was a shooting at the mall she was at," and it's like, right. it, it, we live in an inherently dangerous world. So, climbing is just a, do we a choice of like, do we want to enter into this version of the dangerous right, world? Right. And at what level are we at that we can like make the right decisions in order to like limit our risk well totally and, and i play this game too you know again i i have a kid yeah. we're both dealing with this idea of like well you know where is our limit i just on the last show i think we you know the the the, the guest micah and i compared our line like her line you know where she said well i'm really safe because i don't go this far with yeah. this and this and it was actually like it's because she ice climbs. Oh, God. Like, yeah. I drew a line before ice climbs. <laughs> I drew, yeah, I'm you know, not like, going ice climbing. And both of us believe ourselves to be, yeah. you know, the safer climber or whatever. But it, but that's kind of emotional and intellectual. You know that it can be, you know, that you're a little bit joking with stuff. But it's also not entirely true because, like you just said, you, you, you went at it systematically to learn how to climb. Yeah. Which is not what most people no. do. They, most of them, it is, a, I mean, in, in going back and listening to the Enormacast, 
you can hear <laughs> yeah, these I mean, series of follies that people oh, survive to yeah. become rock climbers. Yeah. You didn't do that no. necessarily. But you said you take you went on tour, you came back. Did you make any changes or were you when you came back to climbing after a little bit or do you think or what was I mean, it it's really hard said, for me to push myself. Right, right. It's really hard for okay. me to push myself. Like mm-hmm. it's really hard to like you know, I'm climbing like five eight in Joshua Tree, which I'm I'm f i am i am I mean, egotistically, that's fine. I'm fine with this. But it's mm-hmm. like I want to like push myself. Like I want to climb harder. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's this barrier of just like of fear of like in order to climb harder, you're gonna need to pretty much, you know, take some falls or like put yourself in positions where you're running it out or you're like above your limit trying to put in gear, which is, you know, sure. It's that, scary. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I <laughs> battle with is like at what, you know, at, where's my thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I know that's always part of climbing, but it's definitely something that like, if I hadn't seen this accident and then if another guy that I climbed with wasn't, hadn't died in Taquitz, over the summer from Rockfall, I th- we think I don't really even we don't no okay. one ever really even knows the whole story. And that guy has two kids. You know, you're sort of like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just gonna climb this five six, and mm-hmm. that's gonna be enough for me. And that's kind of where I'm at. Just yeah, like, but, <laughs> I mean, going back to this idea of of everybody getting different things out of climbing. It's like, what's but I want to climb like more. Doing, I, I want to climb in more places. Well, that's true. you know what I mean. Like I want to. Yeah, yeah. I want to have more access. Sure. I want to. You know, like in my mind, I want to, I want to climb, you know, iconic routes. Sure. Like I want to do the stuff most climbers want to do. I mean, that's the practicality of it. And I think it's not what we've yeah. gone to is that, yeah, it's like climbing harder in and of itself isn't the thing. It's just that if you get, you know, you can yeah. open up more terrain yeah. if you're capable of, yeah. you know, you yeah. don't, you don't have to go and, you know, there's this awesome giant sweet thing and I'm climbing over here on yeah. this part of it. Yeah, and that's and we me. all dream yeah. of yeah. climbing yeah. on the big thing. Yeah. And sometimes it takes 5'10", sometimes it takes 5'11", you yeah. know, to get onto the big thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I get it. Yeah, get and then that that's, you know, and that's right. where I guess I'm at, you know, mm-hmm. and like I haven't found tons of people to climb with either. That's the other thing is like I've, it, it's very, it's actually really hard to find climbing partners. Mm-hmm. I've found like if you're not within like a community, mm-hmm. really, like if you're just like kind of dipping in and out of it, or just like climbing at like the level I'm climbing at, like it's kind of hard to find like good, competent, safe people you enjoy climbing with. You know? Absolutely, most of those people are pretty much climbing way harder than me. I'll climb with them sometimes, but it's not like yeah, let's, you know what I mean. So it's like. Well, you you also, I mean, knowing this because it's just happened to me again, is you've, you know, as a dad Mm -hmm. and with those needs and and everything else, you're, you know, you've definitely got a pretty specific circumstances to your climbing. Yeah. You know, you're not very spontaneous. No. Yeah. All those sorts of things. And I'm feeling it now, too. Yeah. Yeah. And luckily, I mean, our positions are different in that I've been climbing long enough that a lot of my climbing partners have evolved with me. Correct. In these same positions. but. You know, yeah, you're not like just some 20-something no. dude that's like, I can go climbing anytime you guys want. Let's do it, you know? Yeah. And so, I was doing that yeah. for a while. Right. And then, I, you know, I got into the situations yeah. where I'm like climbing with people and I'm like, you know, they don't even know how to like put their blade device on. And you're right. just like, yo, like yeah. I can't do that anymore. Like right. I, I, I now, because I have a kid, like before yeah. I was like, well, I just won't fall. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You're climbing with like. Because thing in climbing Joshua Tree, you get a lot of people touristy coming there, mm-hmm. and um, 
a lot of people just don't know that style of climbing and it's really hard for them. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd be, I'd be meeting people their first time climbing Joshua tree and sort of like chauffeuring them around sure. and like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's, uh, became sort of like a, probably not the safest to be climbing sure. with these kind of sure. people that are just like, you know, I climb at the, you know, in Kentucky and you know, they're, right. I'm, I'm climbing this here and I'm like, well, this is a little different yeah. out here. Like you're not going to be able to just jump on the five ten like if you want, but and you get over there with them, and they're flailing, and they're like, "This is five ten. You're like, "Yeah, it's five ten. Yeah, you know, yeah. the whole gym con- to outdoors thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I mean, you're you've been climbing three years, like, and you also, you know, pulled up roots and moved locations. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it's going to take a little patience, I think, until you find you lock in with the yeah. the right couple people or whatever. I mean, yeah. I, I always take it for granted. That I, you know, these people that I climb with, but I realize... No, it's hard, man. Yeah, no, I mean, and I it fostered, is hard. I've fostered these relationships over a decade. It is hard to more. find, like... Because, yeah. you know, half climbing's hanging out with people you like. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not really necessarily always hanging out with people I like. Mm-hmm. Not that I dislike them, but I don't even know them. So right. it's like, now I've come to that point, like, three years in, where I've gotten a lot of the, like... Yeah, like let's just go climbing and fucking climb. I don't care who I'm climbing with. Right now, I'm kind of more like, well, I want to go like if I'm going to be away from my family, like I want to be with people that like I'm sure. having a good time with, and that's been like pretty much kind of in some ways slowing my climbing down. Oh, no, a hundred percent. Just because yeah. I'm like not so apt to like just meet someone, you know, in the campground at Joshua Tree and just say, hey. Dude, you, I, I would never do that. No. At this point <laughs> yeah, in my time. Never. Well, yeah. No. And, and like, so that's I, I totally get what you're saying. Kind of been And I also don't want people out there thinking like, oh, yeah, he's, he's like, I climbed with him a couple weeks ago. Like, I thought he liked me. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. But Yeah, um, same thing with me. It's but just it's just a, like, a matter of style and what you want out of your climbing. Yeah, like, I want to hang out with people like, right. you know, that I really like, have a good time with. And I have a couple of those people, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, no, it's, a, it's about developing more yeah. of that, you know. And yeah. So let me. Can I ask you some stuff? We ended up actually talking about climbing even more than I thought. So this is <laughs> awesome. But for a climbing podcast. But let me ask you a little bit about your music. And you know, as far as anybody listening to this, and and hopefully you'll you'll give me permission to tag a song on here oh, yeah, or absolutely. some some parts and stuff. What would be like uh, in? I'm not going to at all do the heinous thing where I ask you what kind of music is it, but. What would be like an entry song album? Where would you? I mean, would you want people to start with this? I think album the new one's new good because it's a mix yeah. of kind of everything we've ever done. Okay, you know, in what way? Uh, just we, we've we've done. We're kind of on a, a line between like being very melodic and then very like heavy, very mm-hmm. sort of in some ways metal, um, hard hardcore, and we skated that line over time, and then we've gone to one side or the other. Like sometimes mm-hmm. we'll put out records in the beginning that were very poppy and melodic and catchy and then we put out records that are like severely heavy that you wouldn't you probably wouldn't even be like is this the same band right um and the new one kind of skates the line between the both of them and it's most relevant to what's like, it called it's called if there is light it will find you okay yeah what's the what's the inspiration on the title it's from a charles bukowski poem mm-hmm. um and uh it's sort of like dealing with mortality and um the, you know, there's there's this obvious reference to, like, afterlife. You know, if there's light, it'll find you. But it's more of, like, no matter what point you're at in your life and no matter what situation you're in, there's always the ability to sort of, like, know that everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Even in the times that it 
seems desperately all is gone. Right. It, it, I fully, firmly believe that 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 there is, you know, this ability to move forward and and not only heal wounds and then go on to continue to live a really full life. And that's one thing that I love about climbing is I said this to someone and they got really bummed. But I love this about climbing is that life is absurd. Life in general is absurd. It's it's a really absurd thing that we're all here existing on this earth in these perfect conditions spinning around and nothingness. Climbing is absurd. It's a ridiculous. Like if you actually sit down and explain it to people, they're like, why would you do that? No, no. So climbing is... I make the, my living sort of doing that. Climbing is the perfect... <laughs> right antidote to life in a way to bring meaning into something that's meaningless in some way they're both absurd and so if life is absurd then why not do something absurd and that's always how i've lived my life i don't want to live conventionally because i know the kind of the absurdity and the fragility of life so i want to live it to an extent that is very full and then girl was like that's really dark and depressing and i'm like i'm Sorry, I, I thought it was uplifting. I thought bringing meaning to climbing is uplifting. We are climbing. And she was like, that's really fucked up. And I was like, eh, is it? I don't know. Maybe it is. And you lost another climbing partner. Yeah, and there's, yeah, there, there's another climbing partner. I'm talking about philosophical ideas while belaying you. And She's like, can we leave the mortality thing yeah. out of this while I'm like, climbing? <laughs> Do you mind? Sorry about that. But no, yeah, so. I, I get it. I mean, I understand it. it you know, this podcast is oftentimes we tread into how fucking stupid it all is. <laughs> and yet, and yet, because I want, I mean, I've dedicated my life to climbing and this project is about at the same time how meaningful it is. So it, but, if, if it wasn't meaningful, no one would be listening. But what's interesting that, you know, is so. like from a DI, like punk and, and this kind of music mm-hmm. has very strong ethics which is really interesting in mirrors climbing where it's like, if you're not doing it the right way, the old school way, the way it's supposed to be done, you're a fraud. Right. And it's the same thing. It's like the same thing. Like if you are fake, if you're a fake person 
and you're doing it for the fame and you know like some of these climbers like they don't even climb outside right are they climbers i don't know like that's not for me to judge but it is a discussion right it's the same discussion in the music scene like some of these people that like don't even write their own music but are out there singing songs are you a musician right or what are you you know like cool you're really good at climbing indoors and now you might be able to go to the olympics and win a gold medal but like have you ever like been scared shitless on like slab and joshua tree like what is a climber and like who decides that and like just the ridiculousness of the ethics too and like to the length people will go to defend it right like that whole story about the compressor out and all that stuff it's just like similar to like people's career and like the music business Mm -hmm. of being like you're a fraud you're fake like you didn't write any of your songs like you're not even singing live this is garbage. I've always held those beliefs really strong. I don't hold them very much in climbing because it's like a newer thing for me, Mm -hmm. but I grew up believing in this system of music and integrity. And I think a lot of the people in climbing that grew up climbing care about that stuff, specifically like drag climbers and and alpinists a lot of the time have this like ridiculous vice grip on the ethics yeah but I think it's really cool like I really like it I really like that people still chop people's bolts in Joshua Tree right I really like that when I take new people there I'm like yeah we gotta walk off and they're like we're we're gonna walk off I'm like yeah we're gonna walk down this fucking thing it's stupid and it's scary and there should be a rap ball right (laughs) but there isn't and like I don't know that's just something really endearing that I see between climbing and music is like yeah you can't fake it Mm-hmm. You know, and the people that try, it's very obvious. And I don't know, there's just this level of meaning you find in your pursuit of the meaningless. <laughs> well, and the, the funny thing about it, too, is that, I mean, the meaninglessness or the or the uh, the par- I guess it's more of a paradox because paradox. Yeah, you, yeah. you have this like and I, too, you know, you listen to the show. I have my ethics and I have what I believe to be to be the right way. Yeah, yeah. But then, I, as an adult, because I'm 47, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can step back and, no, and I can be that person that's like, who the fuck cares how everybody else yeah. is doing it? And, you know, music's the same way. Like, well, so they, you know, recorded to a backing track. Like, they're, yeah, they're, they're paying yeah, they're the like, bills. Like, I don't want to be know? on a major right, label. Right. Like, it's like, like well, you explain that to someone. Like, if someone was to explain sure the non-climber. I've got a yeah. contract here for yeah. you. Like, oh, no, wait a minute. I'll do it. No. Yeah, when you, if you were to explain, like, some of the ethics in climbing mm-hmm. or some of the ethics of, like, well, I don't want to be on a major label because of this. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, what are you, stupid? You need to make money. What are you, what's wrong with you? And, like, right. climbing would be like... Why do you care if there's a bolt or not? Like, right. what do you get? What? Right, it's how many, safer if there's a bolt. Many, why, why, why would you, you not a want a bolt? What's right. wrong with you guys? Right. Yeah, you no, know? It, is. It, it is. That's really cool because I wrote I wrote that word down in my sort of notes about authenticity, you know, yeah. because I do see it, especially in this scene, you know, the type of music you guys are doing, and you know, going back to punk, and you know, and even like you know, I, you were a little sheepish when you when you dropped those genre words. I heard a little or hardcore, yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. metal. Nobody, well, yeah, nobody gotta, wants well, I mean, to, but nobody wants to be... Well, you got to be careful aligning yeah, yourself, because right, if we right. call ourselves a hardcore band, there's a thousand different people out there that'll be like, you're not a fucking hardcore band. Right, what are right. you talking about? Well, you know, it's listen. like, you know, you're <laughs> not a track climber. You, right. you, you boulder. You're a boulderer, and like you do some track climbing. Right, right, you, right. You're not a trad climber. You're a boulderer. Yes. Like, you know, stay over there. Stay in your lane. Exactly. You know, go 
fucking climb ridiculously high. You have a high. keyboard player for, for yeah. Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's the same. It's the same stupid thing. And then the grading system is very much right. like, well, this record's better than this right, one. Right. It's like, well, it's just the whole like oh, absurdity right of it. That's like, I think. There's a lot of similarities between the lifestyles and ethics that I like was also drawn was also drawn to, mm. you know, enjoying the like lore of the history. Like I really mm. like the history of climbing too. Mm. Like I've pretty well read and like know about you know the history of climbing sure. just cuz I like enjoy that aspect as much if not more than like sometimes actually climbing. <laughs> well, and, and not and not to fully belabor the comparison but you know it's like influences within music are you know very much like influences with climbing of who yeah. stood on whose shoulders to but, yeah like this or that you have this guy like fred becky who by all accounts is probably not someone you'd want to model your life after i mm-hmm. mean really right i mean same thing with a musician like do you really want to live this forsaken like tortured artist lifestyle like right this guy had no family like perpetually just lived in the dirt and like yeah he climbed some amazing stuff but like it's a similar it's like this guy's put on a pedestal and same thing with a musician that's like this guy's a total mess like it's a complete drug addict but he's a genius right you know it's a very similar like we put people on pedestals that are ultimately completely flawed mm-hmm. you know yeah and we see a lot of that and I think we see a lot of the like flaws in people and if like you have flaws it makes you more real and you're sort of lifted up you know Mm -hmm. and that's uh that's a really you know and and to even you know to belabor the point even more is like we live vicariously now through social media like i have to post things and do things to keep my stuff up and i mean a climber i mean i couldn't imagine being a climber like dude like what is you know someone like brad gobright who just broke the speed record just done all this stuff like he's like, man, what am I gonna do now? <laughs> right. What do I do now? Where's my next like, album? What do I have to do? Like, right. what do I got? Do I have to go? I literally almost have to go die to now top what I've done. Like, right. and I don't want to say it's the same in music, but I mean, as an internally, I'm already like, dude, like, I'm wiped. Like, I wrote this record. I took everything out of my soul and energy to do this. Where is that going to come from next time? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm seven records in, so I know it's there. I know it's always going to be there. But I think for like a young climber, someone who's like, dude, I, just, I broke the speed record on the nose. Like, what else do you want? I mean, because what's his name? He's probably going to come this summer and break it anyways. You know, right. he's chomping at the bit to do it, probably. Hans. But yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. very similar. And right. like, so that's why I like constantly am like have a head in climbing just because it kind of like mirrors it in a way. And I can kind of like relate and be like man that that's probably what he's thinking or maybe i'm wrong but yeah but hopefully you can take it easy a little bit and you hope part of thing yeah because <laughs> yeah i mean you've got this you saw this other lifestyle that you know it, it's got to take it out of you even if you aren't touring that much anymore yeah because you you know I, I i play music everybody knows that you you probably know from listening you know, and even our 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 good little gigs we do, like you're you're amped, and you're yeah. and afterwards you're like, whoa, I'm, yeah, I'm like, and you guys do it on such a level, yeah. That I mean, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, I mean, we I played mean, a big show in New Jersey, two thousand people there. I was like, and I I needed like days to sort of just sure. like, and like even, no, oh, singer of Metallica, he has a thing. He has to take a bath after every show. <laughs> To just calm down. Right, right. Because, dude, you're amped. You get done at, like, midnight, and you're like, well, I got to go to bed. Because, like, you don't go to bed till 4 a.m. Because you're just like, yeah. I just, 
you know, yeah. rocked out in front of a thousand people and like, you know, it's you gotta like find ways to. That's why a lot of people drink. I the mean, bath, yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> the, the 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 drugs and the alcohol. I mean, it, it, it's fucked up to say it, but it makes total sense because you're. Well, what are you gonna do? I mean, you're gonna like crash so hard after an output like that. It it. I mean, it's been there since the beginning of rock and roll, and it there's a reason. It's like it, it makes sense. And, you yeah. know, I've wondered about, you know, actually, it's a question I ask a lot of the climbers. I asked Honnold that after the after El Cap. Yeah, what do you like, do? You know, you always happened? say, what now? Yeah, yeah what like, you, what, what, how do you? Right. You yeah, know. and it's just, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Like, right. you, you build up this thing. You've been building it up. And you finally accomplish it. And then it's just, it's done. It's just over. But that's life. I mean, that's, and that's like. That's the sort of like ability to sort of let things come and go that you need to develop as like a human being that you get to develop as like a, as someone who's really successful at something you because you achieve these things. But then you have to realize it's more about the journey. I know as everyone says this, you know, it's more about the journey than it is the actual act of the thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're on autopilot. I can't really be that present during the show because I'm, I'm trying to put on a show. I'm trying to sing. I'm trying to do this. It's like it's the same thing when, you know. Honnold's fucking soloing El Cat. It's like he's on autopilot. He's got to a point where he knows he doesn't have to think about it. He's just doing it. And it's mm-hmm. just like, it's not even about the act anymore. It's just about, you know, to some extent, you're like, thank God that's done. <laughs> now I can just relax. Mm-hmm. And there is a little bit of that, you know, like, there is a little bit of that in music. But the consequences of not performing <laughs> are a lot less, you know, in mm-hmm. music. Like, if I go out and blow it on something, it's not the end of the world. But I have right. blown it. Like, I forgot the lyrics on Conan O'Brien. I was right. fucked up. That fucked me up for years. Still to this day, it's just like, I just couldn't take the pressure right. of the situation. It was too much. I was just too much. Just and I, and I blew it, you know? And, like, that I've had to live with, you know? Videos of it being there for the rest of time. Right, thanks to, yeah. You know, and it, and it is yeah, what it is. Right. And I've, you know, come to be fine with it. And But the consequences of that are not <laughs> not death. Right. I mean, in some in some ways, there. I mean, I, I definitely suffered emotionally mm-hmm. from that, but I, I didn't die. Yeah, but we're talking about, <laughs> you know, we're talking about like these experiences. You know, when we keep talking about like Brad and, and Alex and stuff, there those consequences are there. But if you talk about, I mean, in terms of a professional climber, where you were talking about, well, how am I going to write another album? How, and and if you have, you know, quote unquote, a hit song, there's that. Well, how am I going to write another one? And I think. You know, the consequences are really similar with pros, you yeah. know, sport climber, boulder. Like, you know, the, I don't think the industry is so cynical and crass that... They give up on they people. They just give up on you. But not, eventually, you you have to create value. And if, if you're not going to... If it's not going to be out of your performance, it's, you can create it somewhere else, but you're going to have to be very imaginative. Yeah. As oh, to yeah. How, it, how you, yeah. Your, your value. So I'm sure the pressure in that level not the oh if i fall i'm gonna die level but it's got to be i mean it's all there it's no it is like, that's the way i'm making my career that's the this very, is that's i'm making my money and, and then the constant yeah. need to like just be keeping putting up photos of what you're doing hey i'm living a cool mm-hmm. lifestyle you know you don't i don't post pictures yeah i'm really super like having a hard time like with things right now like yeah you don't do that you don't right. see climbers doing that like yeah i'm really bu- i'm really having a tough time because like i don't want to climb right you know it's like yeah you know, sometimes I don't want to play a show, but you got to play a show. Right. It's the same thing with, I'm sure, with professional climbers that are like, I just want to like do, you know, I don't want to do this. But mm-hmm. um, that happens to everyone in every 
aspect. So. Well, let's let's uh, let me ask you this one last yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, I, again, I read read about this current album, um, the way you feel about it, and the tour. You've this little daughter you've got climbing. Like looking in comparative to your past. Yeah. You know, are you feeling pretty balanced right now? Yeah. And you know, as far as life, you know, recreation. Let's call it climbing or whatever recreation. You know, career family you think you've you're feeling pretty good at the moment yeah i think i i think i feel really good you know i'd like to do some more climbing i like i'd like to like go you know back and just kind of re re-jump into that but you know with it with the way my life is i have to kind of like make choices sometimes i mean sometimes i'm just climbing i'm not working i'm you know, i don't i'm just like i was literally just going to joshua tree every weekend you know mm-hmm. i don't think i'll be doing that again but I'd like to find like a little bit more time for that. But I, I feel really good, you know, professionally and emotionally, and with my family, and we're in a really good position, and everything is is awesome. And I think a lot, and I think I mean, I think a lot of that. Uh, this sounds a little strange, maybe not strange, but like I've gained so much confidence from being in situations and climbing where like I felt completely like not sure if I could do it just have to persist because you're in the middle of a climb and you're just, I have to do this. That sometimes, you know, when I'm in situations where maybe like, I feel like I I can't do it. Like I'll fall back on that thought, that situation of being like, I'm like freaking out right now, but I don't have another option other than to like keep climbing and go. That has helped my life in a way that I wasn't really, you know, I didn't really expect you know, to be like in moments of doubt, fall back on like, well, I, I was able to do this, you know, like I got through this and climbing, like, you know, I was able to mentally be okay and, and will myself to complete this. When you're sitting there and you're going, I'm, I totally doubt what, what, I'm doing, you know, because in a climb, you know, like that happens. I mean, that'll happen. You have to pretty much override that and keep going or, you know, I mean, other things can happen. But ideally, that's the outcome you want and get to the top. And it's similar thing in life when you're sitting there and I'm like, I don't like know if I can handle my wife having a miscarriage or like having something like it's given me this ability internally to like be okay. That's why I like climbing. That's why I want to climb more. Because I want more of that. I can handle this situation.
right, folks, that was fun, right? That musical uh, kick you right in the hoo-ha. And then uh, maybe rub your back and tell you it's okay. And then just kick your ass again. I want to thank Buddy for doing that, for taking time out of the tour to sit down. Uh, he's a bit of a fan of the show, actually. You know, a lot of time on tour bus is probably podcast land. Also, I want to thank Becky at Big Picture Media that uh, set this thing up, and she persisted through my cynicism and my crustiness. And I'm pleased that uh, we got something nice done, a little bit outside of the normal realm. And finally, I want to thank you guys for putting up with uh, me trying to experiment and do these different things. A couple episodes ago was the the El Cap one, which was a little bit different, and uh, now we're a little bit outside the fold with an interview with Buddy Nielsen. So... So I'll keep trying these experiments, and hopefully you guys will keep listening and appreciate at least my dedication to the form. You know, there's starting to be a lot of other climbing podcasts. I used to be out there in the desert all by myself for the most part. You know, the occasional Dirtbag Diaries episode would hit some climbing, but I was really the only guy for quite a while just hammering out the climbing. But I'm still here, still hanging tough, and again, I'm going to go ahead and try to differentiate by uh, taking some chances. And I think this one paid off. Okay, speaking of taking chances, do it. Go out there and take some chances. Have fun. Climbing is definitely about pushing yourself. But remember, there's a line. And make sure you have your system sorted out. You know what's going to happen if you do fall. And of course, check your knot. I'll raise a practical question at this point. Yeah. Are we going to do Stonehenge tomorrow? No, we're not going to fucking do Stonehenge! <laughs>